I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to my podcast, And She Was. I'm Julie Wilson-Nimmo, and I just love the chat more than life itself. I cannot get enough of it. This podcast series aims to give inspirational, eloquent and motivational women who live and work in Scotland a voice and a platform to share their enthralling human interest stories with us. I love Gabby, feisty women and I'm fascinated as to how they got to where they are today. In this episode, I was truly starstruck with inspiring and down-to-earth MP Mary Black. I had an absolute blast on this one and it felt like I'd known Mary forever. And that was even with all the technical issues that plagued us. And my dad phones and says, Oh, Is that you away again? I, wait one second, I'm going to move because I can't bear not hearing her. Is that all right? Right, pause it right there. the first person to say that. (laughs) No, but I'm telling you that I I can't not be hearing you. Wait one minute, I'm going to carry this through. I'm in my car, I'm in my kitchen, just stay with me. Sorry, I'm getting a tour of your house. All the joys of recording a podcast at home. Well, we got the Wi-Fi sorted and the chat started to flow. I've always thought Mary is a brave soul, standing up for what matters in her workplace that can be, at the best of times, quite intimidating. I wanted to know what life was like for Mary growing up and just what it's like to work in the Houses of Parliament. Has it changed over the last six years since she's been there? And what does she do to wind down after a long week? You'll hear about that and more over the course of our chat. Honest to God, this is freaking me out. This has made my year. This is my life (laughs) made. Honestly, Mary, it's unbelievable. And I was watching you last night. I was in my bed and I couldn't go to sleep. And I kept watching different videos of you and stuff. And it feels weird, right? But I'm just going to say it. Like, if we were to meet in real life, like, I feel like I know you. It's so yeah. bizarre. I mean, do you get that a lot? I do. I do get that a lot. Because it's okay. See, because you're a nice person, <laughs> right? It's all right. Like, we can have a conversation. But occasionally you'll get somebody who is just far too over-familiar, you know, where oh, it's God. like... You know, they're, they're touching you, but not in that kind way, you know, we're folk and excited. It's more in that, oh, I'm sitting with you and we're cool. And I'm like, is that right? Oh, I'm having my dinner. Do you want to bolt? <laughs> you know, so it's, I've had a few instances like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I know, see, since I cut my hair, 
It's brilliant, nobody knows me. Your hair's lovely like that. And don't get me wrong, you're lucky you could carry the blonde as well. And this, I've seen this recently, you're rocking that look. Do you you prefer that? Oh, aye. It gets me an extra half hour in my bed. (laughs) And it's nice, it's nice. It brings your eyes out. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Because <laughs> I was watching one of your speeches the other day, I don't, I don't know if it was last week Aye. or whatever, and um, I was like, God, she looks really different and stuff like that, but then you forget, and I'm not going to mention it, but I have to just mention it for a mm-hmm. laugh to you, because I was going, how annoying must that be for her, how everyone goes on about your age, Yeah. but at the same time, right, I'm 49, um, Mary, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, crikey, when I was 20, right, <laughs> I was Aye. at drama school, <laughs> Going to the pub a lot. Uh, uh-huh. I was having the time of my life, don't get me wrong, but I was going, I was a total full-scale fanny at 20, right? At drama school, trying to be an actress, thinking, yeah, I'm totally changing the world and all this kind of stuff. And then you see you. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> right? And I go, and I read in all the articles, and I go, I get why that must be really annoying for you, though. Is that yeah. what it was like at first for you? They went on about it all the time. I suppose at first it was, yes, that was all they went on about. Well, actually, no, that's not true. During the election, I was getting a lot of, like, Scotland was getting a lot of attention anyway because it was like the hangover of the independence referendum. It was like, let's take the temperature again and see where everyone's at. So, like, internationally, people were interested in seeing what was happening in Scotland. And then when you discovered that the shadow foreign secretary was going against a 20-year-old student journalists were like, all right, okay, let's go and have a nosy. So like it was CNN, uh, the New York Times, Al Jazeera, we had French magazines, like all sorts. And our campaign hub was this absolute hovel, <laughs> a flat in Paisley that we got at a discount. So it was sitting there with our coats on, shivering and everything, going, oh, wow. yeah, no, this is a really important election, let me tell you why. So like that, it was weird, but once I got elected, mm-hmm. the world just exploded. Like, honest to God, you would have thought I was Brad Pitt for a while. Oh, wow. Like, it was insane, the level. Like, I became a celebrity rather than a politician, if that makes sense. And and did you get any warning about that? Like, any oh, rep? No. Support? No. Not at all. And I suppose that's my own naivety, in a sense, in that, because I was genuinely just so focused on after the referendum going, I didn't campaign and work so hard for everything just to go back to the way it was. Yeah. Right. People are telling me that I can do this and they want me to do this. Right. Okay. I'll stick my name forward, you know, for a sincere reasons. So I'm thinking, right. Yes, you are young. So you're going to have to really dedicate yourself. And I was thinking of the actual job rather than all the, <laughs> the crap that came with it. Yeah. Uh, so I know that was a real shock to the system, to be honest. For my family as well. I was going to say one of the things that I read that really disturbed me, and I'm kind of hoping it's not true, like, did you have to leave your house and go to your travel lodge? Is there, is there oh, tra- aye. Did that yeah, no. happen? Yeah, no, I, after, uh, in the run-up to the election, and the temperature was just turning up and turning up, and you might remember there was the Ashcroft poll that came out, and everybody, that was the one that, everybody was waiting for and it predicted that I was going to win and that was the first kind of oh shit moment of right let's just carry on doing what we're doing don't listen to the polls we've always said that (laughs) just carry on and of course when it got to election night 
it, it, I'll actually tell you a story. It was they phoned us and said, "Look, it's a media mayhem." It was in the lagoon in Paisley, and they says it's just nuts. Like again, all of these news, international cameras, and all that setting up the whole place was mad. So they says, don't you turn up until we phone you because we, we'll get in touch when we know what's happening. So I was sitting in the house myself <laughs> and I was just watching the Big Bang Theory because I was like, I'm not watching anything to do with politics whatsoever. Um, so I just sat there killing time. Uh-huh. And what I'd done was I'd got my winning speech, which I just, that was that, and my losing speech because I was really, like, I knew chances are you're going to lose and one of the big struggles would be not to sound sarcastic, right? So I was really practicing this losing speech because I'm so kind of straightforward. Sometimes I, I appear positive. Yeah. So I'm practicing this and practicing this. And my dad phones me and I say, right, how's it looking, Dad? Because my family were at the count. I was going to say, were you on your own? Yeah, no, I, I was on my own, but I was okay. It was We needed right. the bodies to count the ballots. Right, oh my um, God. Right. So there's doing this for hours. I mean, counting started, I think, about 10 o'clock, and there's battering through this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Dad's saying to me, here, it's looking really close. We don't know. We just don't know. And I'm like, right, that's all right, that's all right. Just let me know if the minute you know anything... So this to and fro happened a couple of times, talking to my dad. And then the phone call came, right, we're coming to get you. And I was like, right, okay. So I get in the car and it's uh, my mum and my brother are in the car. And I'm like, right, how's it looking? And they're both, oh no, it's it's tight, we're not sure. So I'm like, right, going into the count and it was just cameras going nuts. Like it was the way you see footballers arriving at the airport. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Just that constant. So I was blinded, like I was just <laughs> holding on to people walking in. So I was just like, I can't see. <gasps> um, so I get in and my dad was my election agent. And wow. what they do before you go on the stage, like the bit you see on the telly, is you stand behind a, a curtain or something and they tell you the result in advance, like just before you go on the stage. Do they really? So you're not... I, it's basically so that if anybody gets a real shock, they've got time to compose themselves a wee bit before they go oh, on the stage. For oh, it to wow. be read out. So yeah. me and my dad, election agents, get called and we're all standing there. So all the candidates, it was the first time I had seen Douglas the entire campaign. And we're standing there, and my dad just whispered to me, he was like, By the way, we've been lying to you all night. You're thousands ahead. Oh, and, your dad. And I told and I was like, Dad, I've only been practicing my losing speech. How do you not tell me? Jesus. So when I was like reading out my winning speech, that was the first time I was bloody reading it myself. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> so it was a total blur. Oh, and because amazing. of that, that like we'd been warned because the media was so intense. We just went to a, a travel lodge for a couple of nights. And my neighbours were actually really good because, of course, the journals were camped outside the house and were chapping their doors and everything, and they were telling them nothing. So it was pretty intense. I'm telling you right now, right, and honest to God, because of how you come across and how I feel like I know you, this mm-hmm. is again Loach film, by the way. Hi. 
Has that been said to you before? No. <laughs> well, I'm telling you right now, Callie Crawford is an amazing, brilliant uh, Scottish casting agent, and I'm yeah. going to send her this episode, and I'm going to go, never mind what else you're doing. Get this. Ca-. Because see the way you described that there? Aye. I've never heard anything like that before. The fact that you're on your own, can you imagine watching that? But you can actually understand as well why they would be so excited about you, Mary, because of the way you yeah. are and the fact that, you know, you've not, you're saying you've never even seen Douglas on the night. Your dad's yeah. getting cast. He sounds like a pure legend. Right? Yeah, he's great. <laughs> and I think when I'm reading about you, that's what got in common. We've both been brought up, if I'm right, in Labour households, socialists yeah. and exactly yeah. the same. And my dad voted Labour his whole life. And my mum too, she's a scouser. Mm-hmm. And then the whole... SNP thing happened and you know my dad went to see Tony Blair he's also the same as you absolute hero of his and mm. um, took me to the Citizens Theatre to see him and he was heartbroken about Labour like really heartbroken uh, about it and then started talking about SNP and all that kind of things and stuff together and now, now he proudly votes for them and stuff and so does my mum but at the same time I'm like that so I've got that in common with <laughs> <laughs> you used to drink cider, I believe, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I Is never drank cider. Oh, that no. just was one of those, I'm sorry to digress, but was it tenants? But oh, I... all the things that they dug up about you, Mary. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, see, it's funny because my brother regularly actually edits my Wikipedia right. with just random things just to see if they ever make it back or become a thing, and a couple of them have. <laughs> that are just total nonsense. It's that way where I was going, I wonder if that's true. It's probably utter pish. But obviously in our job as well, it's like, if you're a nice person in our job, watch this pure backfire on me, right? right. They kind of, they call you quite boring unless mm-hmm. you're like doing something bad or saying something out of turn and they're always a bit like making jokes. Like, mm, you just don't do anything. And see, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, I mean, the thing that's incredible is... Like, I remember a year in, because I had my 21st, I was in Parliament on my 21st, I remember thinking, like, talking to different MPs and stuff and folk who'd been in the job for 40 years, and I remember thinking, I understand the media better than you. Yeah, And that, that wasn't me being arrogant, I was just like, no, in my short experience... Yeah. You're talking absolute nonsense. Yeah. So, like, early on, the balance was... One, I didn't want to, and I never wanted to buy into my own hype for a start, right? Because people project a lot, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you actually don't know me, so right. I'll take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah. But also, I was determined to do the job. That's what I signed up for. I didn't want to be a celebrity, so to speak. And then also was the added dimension of going, I want to have a lifestyle because I'll change if I don't. You know, that's part of the problem is people become in a bubble and it's mad. So, like, for the first year, it was just trying to set boundaries with everybody. Because um, it was mad stuff from, like, BBC producers phoning my dad at two in the morning when he's on holiday trying to get a hold of me and stuff. It just crap like that. What? Right to the other end of the spectrum where it's, I remember I went for a night out in Garage and it was reported that I was celebrating my maiden speech. No, it wasn't. It was Stokes' birthday. Oh. <laughs> it was an excuse to go out. But like that, somebody had taken a picture with me. And Garage had a big screen with 
like tweets on it where you could tweet and garage put up everybody who gets a selfie with mary black gets a free drink so immediately i'm like oh, oh jesus no. christ so oh, straight no. on trying to find the manager bearing in mind i've got a drink in me i'm on a night out so yeah, i'm just kind of like yeah excuse me can i speak to your manager please <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just kind of <laughs> like it's a very odd odd experience Aww. but once those boundaries were set i think it, it started to become a lot more manageable and there's also an element where i don't always want to be talking about me i'm representing people like maybe one day there will be a time where i can tell my story and all the rest of it but yeah. so long as i'm in this job that's not the priorities so yeah. It's, it's kind of trying to keep that balance and to be honest I still don't know if I, I get it right it's you know just kind of a work in progress have you got pals there like when you're there have you have you because <laughs> no, sometimes I in my job myself I, but do you know no, I'm sitting I can't bear the fact of that but sometimes when we do a job right say it's a play maybe not so much when we're filming because yeah. normally you're usually filming a photo, you know, but sometimes you can be in a play and you go, I don't know anyone in this room. Mm. And then you go, see if I get a pal at the end of this, and job done kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas, have you got, obviously not. Yeah, no, completely. Um, over the years, have you got people that you... Yeah, you, totally. Like, um, I've made friends for life. And, oh, uh, good. To be fair, you know, you could probably count them on both hands, but uh, right. <laughs> I've, I have got my my people who are just totally on my wavelength and yeah. see what I see and, you know, have the same instincts as I do about things. So, yeah, no, it's uh, for all I complain, uh, I promise I do have pals. <laughs> I just can't bear the fact that you would be there when you pals. I'm not, I, I knew you would have pals, but do you know what I mean? Because sometimes uh, when the job's so involved, and I can only imagine what yours is like, and you're there for, mm. for the good of what you want to do, and then you're like, when you were describing it, it just sounded like hell at first. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, it's, it still is. It's is not, it? It's, in a sense, it's got worse oh. um, in many ways. Well, put it this way, I think a lot of the people who are elected this time round are worse than some of the ones in 2015. And it feels like when Parliament is trying to appear like it's modernising, it's just, it's like beyond parody. It's like, <laughs> See, during lockdown, we were binge-watching things again, making our way through our favourite TV shows. Yeah. And we got to the thick of it. And honest to God, I nearly cried because I was like, this is, isn't comedy anymore. This mm -hmm. is actually what it's like. Is it like Jeez. that? Yeah, oh, totally. Like, the thick of it's genius because oh. it is... God. When you see people who live clearly in a totally privileged bubble where they have been treated all their lives that they are better. And that's one of the things that's really wrong with Parliament is still to this day, it's MPs are above everybody else, like staff members. Even right now, staff have to wear masks, MPs don't. Right. We all breathe the same, but seemingly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, everything feels so pathetic that it actually irritates me more because I'm like, look, going to just... Stop pretending. Thank God you're there. Like, genuinely thank God. And I think when I was looking at loads of comments and people talking about you after interviews, mm -hmm. you see it, and I'm sure that you have to watch what you say and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and, but the fact that you're so refreshing and honest and open, nobody else says anything like that. Uh -huh. Like, 
you know what I mean? And it's not like, well, they, there's your there's your payoff for your punishment for having to be there. But for somebody like me watching a, a younger woman in there going, like, Bowie, this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> and you have been so responsible for, I don't know if you know, but the, the idea of this podcast, Mary, was just that I've got two boys, but I've got no girls. Yeah. And I'm really close to my nieces um, in East Kilbride in Glasgow and in London. Mm-hmm. And we're just sitting talking one night and I was looking at their Instagram and everybody in their Instagram was all Americans and the Kardashians and all this. And I was like, where's all your Scottish women? Do you not follow any Scottish women? Who do you admire that's Scottish? And they were like that. Eh, eh. And I went, what? And I was like... <laughs> Listen to me right now, you need to try and adjust that. You need to know that there's right. other women that are just not standing going like that, doing selfies in the toilet, do you know what I mean? With yeah. a skirt up their bum. I want totally. us to have something else to aspire to and mm-hmm. think about. And you know what I mean? And they're smart, they're really smart. And yeah. they've started getting engaged in politics because of you. They have, they genuinely oh, have. And they're interested in it and we talk about it and all of that, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm pure giving you the credit for that. You, I know, no, uh, thank you very much. Like, well, it's, it, honestly, you must have had that a million times before, but it's true. It is. I, well, it, it is. I mean, it's incredibly flattering and everything, but what it makes me think of is there's a, a Netflix show, I don't know if you've seen it, Hannah Gadsby. It's called Nanette. No. And she's a comedian. She's an Australian lesbian, and she's explaining why she's quitting comedy, right? And it's... I think it's an hour and 10 minutes long. And like, it, it, it's funny, but the last 20 minutes are, they changed my life, like genuinely. And it was at the end of it, it, it was the first time in my life I had ever felt actually in my soul, like really feeling representation. Oh, and that was, I was what, 25 when I seen that. And like, I'd always understood in my head why representation was important, but I'd never known what I was missing until I seen it. And oh my God, I cried my eyes out at it. It Mm. was phenomenal. And in that sense, I'm like, well, of course it's incredibly flattering to know that for some people, I will have had that influence on them. And that, you know, that does make stuff worthwhile. But at the same time, you've also got the, Glaswegian cringe of going, no, know, like, that, my partner tells me, I but I've still seen you walk into a glass door, don't forget I, it. <laughs> but I know. I get that with Greg when people bum him up and all that and walk away and I go, you're pure loving yourself. And he's like, because <laughs> he's really shy. And I go, yeah, but I wash your skin. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And it, like, can't well, we help that, can't we not? It's, I know. That's I know. how we deal with it. But at the same time, I love that about us too, because mm. by the way, I've spent time in America and you don't want to go the other way. You yeah. know, you'll say something like, I was in an acting class and I'll say something like, what do you normally get cast as? And I just said for a joke, the fat pal. <laughs> but it's true, and I'm talking that, or the fat nurse or whatever. And she was like, you need to stop it right now yourself, get a pal. And you're like, I was kidding. You <laughs> 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 Oh, I've had many situations like that. <laughs> it's great. It's unbearable, isn't it? But I get a lot of people blowing smoke up your ass. I mean, when you're saying that... I Well, see, see, actually, no, I don't. I don't, other than situations like this, to be honest with you. Because, <laughs> but part of that is because I'm still surrounded by the same people before I was elected, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, I was very conscious of that and keen of that. And because like I come from a, a sickeningly supportive family, <laughs> like we're disgustingly loving. <laughs> that it's you know I, I could feel all of them being like, no, we're protecting you until 
we know this is all right and you find your feet and everything. So in that sense, I, I've had my feet very firmly on the ground, you know. Do you mind taking us back to when you were a wee lass and, and where you're from, if people don't know where you're from? Aye, sure. Tell us a wee bit about your family, if you're comfy with that, if that's okay. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so it's my mum and my dad and my big brother, and we stayed in, like, see the way the boundaries work? We stayed in, like, the second street in Paisley, Aww. but you got to the top of the road and you're in Glasgow kind of thing. Yeah. So I went to school in Cardonald in Glasgow, and... It was just pretty normal, to be honest. Like, my mum and dad were both teachers and they were really political in the sense that we always talked about things. Like, I was maybe 15 before I heard the phrase, oh, you never talk about politics and religion at the dinner table or stuff. And I was like, what? What else do you talk about? Like, <laughs> that is genuinely weird that we always just get into things. And, like, my dad would always argue with me and I loved it. Because, you know, and he'd play devil's advocate and everything. And in that sense, looking back, I realise how formative that period was into kind of the person I am now. So, yeah, no, I, I can't complain at all. It was just the only thing, I suppose, that I wish I didn't have as much was, like, we were raised Catholic um, and went to Catholic schools and things. Right. So we've got that very sort of... Irish community background and everything, but from both sides of the family. But in the sense that I'm also gay, that that's the only real trauma, so to speak, that I can I, I can say that I ever really had. Other than that, it was really, I, you know, I can't fault them. I'm, I'm loving it, and I can see in your face, and when people listen to this, they obviously mm. won't. But the way you talk about your family, your face lights up, and which yeah. came across when I've been researching you as well. And I was like, oh my god, she's like me. Like it's so important to you, and we're lucky mm. that we've had that family behind us and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, and do you mind me asking that, Mary, as well? Were they supportive um, about you being gay? And, and Yeah, no, completely. Again, <laughs> I can't complain much because they never ask you at all. And actually, in particular, as LGBT issues have come more to the forefront, they are constantly wanting to learn more. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, even the older I get, I realise how rare that is in people and it's such a good quality to have, you know, like I love being proved wrong. Like, yeah, educate me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's a buzz. Yeah. Um, and that's I've got that from them as well. They must be suppose, so like, proud even of when you. I'm saying family, I don't just mean like genetic family. It's kind of like we're a wee clan, so to speak. We've got like my best pals and everything, we're all just I will just look out after each other, so it's... But that's obviously been a key to your success. I know success mm -hmm. is a weird word when it's like that, but... No, completely. I, I couldn't do this job if I didn't have their support. Yeah. No doubt about it. But how amazing, and this is good for the film, by the way, the fact that <laughs> they're all in there, all the key players are in there, they're not got one line. By the way, I'm keen to play your mum, but just get that noted. But your dad's there, your mum's there, your brother. I mean, uh -huh. honestly, Mary, to look back in that and have that amazing support and that's obviously gave you that comfort because I know because you've, you've it's been noted that you have to leave them and go but 
they're always still witty without sounding cheesy and I like what you see uh, that expression as well in interviews I say it all the time but it's true because they're still uh, with you they might not physically be there with you when you have to go away but yeah. for people listening to that especially young women and stuff if you've got the support your family that gives you that confidence doesn't it to go do you Absolutely. know what if I fall at this, they're all going to catch me. Yeah, and it's it's also, I suppose, just having... Because particularly when you're a politician, it's incredible how absolutely anything can be twisted. Absolutely anything. And it's it's a skill, man. <laughs> like it is. But in the same vein, because I've got that support, like even coming home to my partner, it's a safe space where I'm able to be a human being for a minute and complain about things to get it off my chest and then talk it through, see it in context and all the rest of it. But, you know, you can't really do that anywhere else. Certainly not publicly. Yeah. Because um, that's just messy. <laughs> that's what Twitter's for. But how good is that? Because then you go back and it's like you've recharged. Did you know you always wanted to go and study politics or anything else? No, no, no. 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 I'm, I'm a wee riot. I make things, I'm making it up as I go. So, like, basically, as a, as a child, I was mad. Like, my mum always said that the nurse said to her, like, when they were looking at me, there's a party going on in her head that none of us are invited to. And see, even when I look back at old pictures and home videos and stuff, I'm like, oh my God, who put batteries on her? Were you, like, hyper? Were you, like... Oh, just constantly looking for fun, mischievous, but also nothing got by me. I was always the one able to ask questions and it just, like, shop. <laughs> I was always that, but why? But why? But then so, that's yeah. great. That's your inquisitive. And so that's, you've always been like that. You've always yeah. been, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, when I was in school, I remember, like, when I got to picking my subjects, it was a choice between history and modern studies. I remember talking it through and uh, my dad saying to me, like, oh, I suppose modern studies will be more useful because it's current, isn't it? Whereas history's previous, do that as a hobby or something. I was like, right, okay, I'll stick with mods. So did mods, did my hires, and then eventually, because I'd applied for uni, and I didn't really expect to get in, to be honest, because I went to uni when I was 16. I left oh, after my fifth God. Year. Straight I, in? I, I, so what had happened was I actually managed to get results that meant I was in with a chance and I, I did the summer school. They did a six-week programme. Is this Glasgow um, Uni, Mary? Yeah, because like all the other universities rejected me because it was the year after all the tuition fees had went through the roof. I bet they regret yeah. that now, doll. <laughs> <laughs> so it was four, you had to get four A's and I got three A's oh. um, and a C. Wow. So I did the summer school and they accepted me. And originally my degree was in music and public policy. And like I was doing it and I realised, oh, this isn't for me. I enjoy music too much. This is destroying my soul. So I figured, right, what else can I do? Right, I'll do politics then. It seems I'm good at it. I'll keep going. How far into your course did you feel at that? Because that's a really brilliant thing for people to hear because I know somebody really close to me now that started mm -hmm. and went... I kind of do this. Like, I nearly dropped out of uni. Because actually, this is what I was going to say about Westminster. Because when I went to university, like I say, I was 16, just about to turn 17. So that in itself, I was going to a very old, posh institution that had been there for centuries, that had prestige and all the rest of it. And there's me, this 
wee fanny just rocking up <laughs> straight out of school. <laughs> How's it going? I've got an apple. And I went and it was just, oh, I struggled so, so much. Mm. It wasn't just dropping music and going to politics, but also just managing my own time and like having to do work myself, not having, I suppose, a teacher over and over you. All of that, I really struggled with a lot. And I passed the first semester by the skin of my teeth. And I thought, right, I'm getting the finger. I'm, you're either dropping out or you're doing this properly. And I thought, right, I'm doing this properly. And I smashed it. Like, I just really thrived. Ended up getting a first. Oh. Uh, what's odd is actually I hadn't finished my degree when I got elected. So I remember having to go to the flips to get permission to go study for my exam. I read that and I couldn't quite take it in. I was like, so you, yeah. you know, and then you had to finish your degree off. I mean, yeah. that's just like... I, no, I remember I got the email from Glasgow Uni uh, with the results and I read it and I passed it to my pal, Angela Crawley, who's an MP. And I said to her, does that say what I think it says? Hi, <laughs> you've got a first. So I just nipped out into the lobby and stood myself going, yes, yes, <laughs> phoning my mum, going, yes. Answer. Yes. So there you go. Uh, Anybody listening to that, right? Like, do you know what I mean? I think there's so much pressure. I mean, I'm always honing in on the girls, but my boys are the same. That pressure, you get to uni, whatever. I mean, look at mm. you. I can't even imagine them going straight from fifth year into that. Uh, when people always ask me, like, how did you cope with Westminster and stuff? Like, of course it was a ch- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
challenge and it's a, a different level. Mm -hmm. But in essence, it was the same as university. It's an old institution filled with people older than me. You know, I have to go away from my family and stuff. So I, I kind of felt like I've done this. I know how to do this because I've, I've just done it in uni. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in that sense, it really prepared me for a job I never intended to have. It's kind of weird you saying that, though, because sometimes the best things in life, you go, why is this happening to me? Not that I, I think you felt sorry for yourself, but you were probably that, mm -hmm. you're going, oh, but there you go. It was prepping yeah. you for a bigger thing to come and then go, do you know what, if I got through Aye, that, it. isn't it? It's like I got through yeah. that. This is still quite shite, but I'm going to get through this. Because, Aye, stuff works out. Um, and do you mind me asking, because it's such an amazing moment, and I'm sorry if you've been asked that a million times, but you'll know mm -hmm. why I'm going to ask you. That maiden speech, Mary. Were you nervous or were you... Oh, aye, aye. Like, I'm always nervous in that, like, at some point in the back of my mind, I'm going, this is mad. Like, you're sitting in the House of Commons. What the f <laughs> Like, absolutely. But what I've always felt anyway and been taught, and this is, again, where I've kind of been nurtured and with my family and my friends, is that don't argue something if you haven't thought it through. You just look stupid. And it's incredible because that's all that happens in Parliament. It's just people letting their tummies rumble because they've bought into their own hype. They think they're more important and they're, they're actually more intelligent than other people. Yep. Whereas I'm not arrogant enough to think that. I just think I've, I'm the one who's so happened to get here. So, yeah, I get to a point where I'm like, if you're going to open your mouth to speak, you better know what you want to say, why you want to say it, you've thought about it, you've asked every question before anybody else has the chance to ask it, mm -hmm. you know, and through that I get natural confidence, which rides you through the, the nerves and the adrenaline and everything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually kind of like exams and that if you do the work, you'll be all right, you know, and if you're not nervous, then you don't care enough, yeah. basically. So, it, of course, I'm nervous, but it's always kind of in control, if that makes sense, because I'm like, oh, no, I'm here to do something. I completely relate to the not being nervous thing. I've been in things in the past, and I've stood and went, oh, my God, why am I not nervous? And it's usually because yeah. it's a pile of shit I'm doing, or something hasn't clicked along the way. And my granny used to be a dancer, and she used to say to me, if you're not nervous, you shit. And it's like, yeah. because, and it's true, because I went, I've not poured all my heart into this. Yeah. They're going to see it in me. Do you know what uh, I mean? And when I watched absolutely. you in that speech, honest to God, and I know you had your tape in your hand, you hardly mm. looked at it at all. That would need to be in the film, by the way. But the way <laughs> the way you're looking at it, it's almost like you don't even need it and it's there. And everything yeah. that came out of your mouth was believable. And I'm not saying, like, by the way, you'd be a damn good wee actress as well if you ever get bored of this, because <laughs> I believed everything that you said. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, when they all talk about it after I was looking at all the comments, the fact that mm -hmm. you got that round of applause, don't get embarrassed when I say that to you, because I know mm -hmm. you're dying. But that was spontaneous. You could see that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it genuinely was. They weren't really spontaneous. Wasn't right. it? And it was like, you know that way where people go, oh, I get a redneck standing up at the end to clap. I never know yeah. the older I get, because see, if I feel that up, I'm up on my feet. Maybe when I was, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I'm never going to stand up my feet and clap for somebody if I'm not feeling it. And that was one of those moments where you go, you completely deserve that because I think you were just like a breath of fresh air getting in there, Mary, and they must have been like that. What's going on here? I mean, still to this day, a lot of the people in Parliament just kind of stay clear of me because they just don't get me. It's like, 
they can't figure out whether they're afraid of me or if they just don't like me or why they don't like me. So, and I mean, it suits me, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm no wanting to talk to half of them, but yeah, no, it's it's just it's odd, like particularly because me too happened right. just after I was elected. Mm-hmm. There's a stark difference, and it, it's funny because I feel like in even just society, but particularly parliament, you can literally draw a line and say, these are the people who have went with me too and actually understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And there's the others who just can't seem to get it. They just keep hitting this brick wall. I mean, it's eye-opening and it's depressing because it's everything that every female previous generation has described. And you're like, we're still here, Jesus. Yeah. But that's what it is, isn't it? We're all just kind of going up the ladder one at a time, trying to pick each other up. And, you know, if we can keep doing that, then hopefully one day we'll get somewhere better than where we are now. But that's what I'm saying about you being instrumental in there. I mean, and they, to me, I would be trying to hang about you, even if I was a Tory, right? <laughs> I'd be like, I want my pals with her. But also as well, it's like you, you, get, you get a bit older and you go, it's a missed opportunity and it's not like making me project on you but being big headed but that's their loss Mary if they mm. don't even want to sit and okay you surround them all different politics all the time and stuff but you go that's a wee shame because you missed a chance of being pals or you could have had yeah. something in common like I love when you describe the fact that Reese Mogg when you're talking about him and you're going yeah okay you don't agree with stuff that comes out of his vile mouth mm-hmm. sometimes but you go he's fascinating because he's so polite like yeah, uh, to like, see something good there is yeah and like he's the perfect example though of why such a corrupt system is still in place and it's because two things right so the first one when we first went down of course i'm thinking i've got way more in common with labor than i do with anybody else in this house so we'll try and talk to them and i expected the tories to be horrible to us but it was the exact opposite. Labour were vicious to us. I mean, literally slamming doors on your face. But the Tories were so polite, painfully polite. And Jacob Rees-Mogg epitomises that, right? He's at the very top of it where, yes, he's incredibly polite, sometimes very entertaining and witty. But just because he's polite, as he tells me that he wants to take away my human right, that you know, that doesn't make it okay. No. And that's part of what's wrong with Britain and part of, definitely what part of what's wrong with Westminster. Mm-hmm. And even in the last two or three years, I think Britain has truly, like, we're shifting down a scary, scary path mm-hmm. because the likes of Jacob Rees-Mogg are being given real, real power and they have never done anything to demonstrate that they should be trustworthy. <laughs> if anything, they've done the exact opposite. So why are people still buying into this? And it's all part of this prestige, this mother of all parliaments, this, we are historic, we are Britons. Oh. And it's just, it's nauseating, but I, I don't know how to, how you penetrate it because it's just a different wavelength altogether. I mean, it's fundamentally, it's again, why I'm totally for independence, because I just think we're never going to get anywhere in this yeah. place. And particularly given that they've shut down Parliament illegally, they're going after people's rights. They literally voted this week to get rid of the court 
<laughs> so that um, they can just do what they want. It's just, you know, it's just scary, scary stuff and it's being normalised and it's not okay. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like when you're describing it there, it is completely fascinating because you're in there, you're not making this mm. shit up. This is real. That, this yeah, is, this is it. And I'm going to call him if I'm casting him. Uh, he's like the child catcher from... Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The sinister side there is what you're saying. It's all very like, oh, I'm polite and I'm nice and, and I'll yeah. give you a lollipop and by the way, I'm taking away any of your rights at the same time. It's mm-hmm. terrifying to me. And I'm openly saying this because this isn't on BBC Sounds, Mary. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be no surprise to you that me and Gregor, yes, voters, and we campaigned hard back in the day and all that. In fact, I'm going to show you a picture of us. Well, that's that's me campaigning on the day. Don't know if you can see that. That's me doing the front with the hat oh, on. Oh, fantastic. Me yeah. and Carmen Pirachini. Yeah, Ian Robertson, right into it. Um, and, you, <laughs> you know, and we'll do it again. And, and you know, all the yeah. different things that have happened over the years and... But you go, that's why, because mm. I'm the same as you. And when you say it like that, that's how I feel in my heart. Because I go, how can we, how much longer can Scotland, by the way, I'll probably get sacked, don't care. <laughs> how much longer can we sit and be told what to uh-huh. do by them? That's the thing that infuriates me the most. And when you say it so eloquently, as you did there, that's the base for me. Like, I want to grab folk and go, just mm. listen, even if it's, like, not for you. What about your kids coming up? And, like, especially uh, older folk that I'm friends with and had heated discussions about it. I'm like, we're not going to be here. It's them. Yeah. It's the kids. It's total, yeah, the kids. But it's true. That's how I feel about it when I'm talking about it. We vote for all of these things so many times and we're always told, no, no, no. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, I need you down there talking to the toffs and the child catchers because... <laughs> <laughs> but as long as you're there, you're, they're hearing our voices. It's like if I go for an audition in London, Mary, I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many times they go, I'm just, I'm so sorry, you're great. I, I just don't understand you. Could you just slow it down a bit? And I'm reading in a Scottish accent for yep. a Scottish part in a Scottish film. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And w- when we were at drama school, we were told, if you want to be successful, leave everybody here and go down to London. Even though you trained up here, saw that. And you go down to London, you have no money, you stay in a flat and you try and get an acting job. Good luck with that, by the way. And we all did it because we're fannies because we didn't know and got English agents and all that kind of stuff. And thank God I can give you a bit of hope. That shifted, but it's still not shifted enough. And we feel it in the arts to back up how you're feeling about independence. It's we're always fighting for better parts for women mm-hmm. and northern parts, you know, how we love all the northern stuff, but we're like, we need it more and more and more and more. Do you know what I mean? Totally. The amount of posh dramas that are on, give us a fucking break. Aye, not totally. It's like, for me, it's always depressing how there's so many Scottish accents in London because they've had to go to London mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, whatever their job is, because they just can't do it up in Scotland. And that's rubbish. There's no reason for that. And for me, independence is just logical because I think the only thing that guarantees politicians will listen to you is people power. And again, it might sound cheesy, but it's real. And we can see it in action when it does happen. And it just makes sense to me that life will be better if we can actually vote people out of government, like if they don't do what they're told. And apart from anything else, I actually think that the unionist political parties have the most to gain from independence because Labour is allowed to actually free itself from trying to pander to Conservative voters in England. So it can reclaim its identity 
Scottish Conservatives, there are Conservatives in Scotland, clearly. They can get rid of that toxic Westminster connection. You know, the SNP are actually the ones who have the most to lose because you've got a lot of people in the SNP and the only thing they all agree on is independence. Yeah. But other than that, like, I've always said, the minute Scotland's independent, my vote's up for grabs because I think we can do a hell of a lot better. And the only way it's going to become a reality is if we set the bar higher so that the discussions are more meaningful and actually have more substance to them. And I don't see that happening in a 17th century system. So how much longer are you down there for, Mary? Can you not come back up here? Like, is it... Well, the way it works is we'll travel down on usually a Monday morning and back up a Wednesday or a Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, So the only guaranteed day you have in your constituency is a Friday and then the weekend if there's stuff on. But also you you need to have a day off at some point. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of the constant balance. And Westminster's definitely got worse in terms of stability because we don't know what's happening, you know, until like, two days before the next week, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you really, your life is just chaotic. Yeah. And that's the, definitely that I find hardest is that sort of chaotic vibe. I just want to know where I'm meant to be and how long for. (laughs) And it's just constantly moves. So there's perks, but there's also downsides. (laughs) And see on that note, if you don't mind me asking, because I did notice that apparently like dad music, I don't know who said that, like the Into the Stone Roses, is that true? Yeah. That's another tick for us. So what do you do to switch off? I know you're into music. Do you play those guitars? Do you play? Yeah, yeah, no, I play all of them. Is that bass? I'm trying to see what that is. Yeah, there's a bass guitar, acoustic. That's a six string electric, but it's designed like Paul McCartney's bass. Um, that is a, what do you call it, a mandolin that I actually got for a tenor in the ox farm that I used to work in. Yeah. I just did it up myself, so. And so do you get time to switch off and do all that sort of stuff? Because it's so important. My partner makes me. Good. (laughs) Aye. Occasionally I'll just get a, right, you're doing my nothing, get in there, play the PlayStation, go, kill some people, (laughs) be a cowboy, go. Because <laughs> so, you've got to though, because it's that balance, yeah. and I'm not lecturing you, but you know when you get oh, no, totally, you, like, you, you stop. You're more used to anybody if you're you're not well yourself, um, both physically and mentally. Because it's particularly in politics, you have to be able to keep your perspective. Because when perspective goes out the window, that's when bad decisions get made. Um, yeah. And if you're overworking yourself, then you don't have a perspective anymore. You know, you're running on steam, so. No, no I, I learned that very early on. And have you ever been in a band? Well, <laughs> not formally. Like, I've done a lot of gigs with my brother and stuff. He used to be in a band, so me and him would do open mics and stuff like that. Oh, great. So, yeah, I have performed. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, I like asking people if they've ever been in a band, and then you say, what was your band called? Were you called, <laughs> were you called something? Uh, his band was the Kairos. The Kairos, and did they do? Did they do well? I they got a right good following. They just everybody's pals, and everybody's oh. pals, pals coming along everywhere. Yeah, but I know they they did good. And then I think actually they had to change their name to I think it was Ward Fifty One, Ward Fifty Two. It was basically the council ward that Cardano does. 
<laughs> I think it was Ward 52 because there was another band that had the Kairos, but basically they got big enough that the other band noticed that they were called the same name. So they're like, so, give my name back? Aye, essentially. Oh. And then everybody grew up and got married and had Dwayne's and yeah. became politicians. <laughs> and then you go and see the bands again, like me when I went to see the Stone Roses and they were older, and I was a wee mm. bit sad going, oh, and then I went, no, I'm not allowing that. I enjoyed it when I was young, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I took him my, well, he was about 18 at the time to see them and he was kind of looking at me, jumping about, and I was like, this is weird. But yeah. at the same time, there's something brilliant about it, isn't it? You go, I can't well, see the, the therapy of walking through Parliament with my headphones in with Rage Against the Machine, just yes. blasting, that's it. That's therapy. Just don't talk to me. Um, <laughs> if you ask me to speak, you're not going to like what I say. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. Are you related to Paul Black, the comedian? <laughs> no. Have <laughs> you had that before? Right, so it is quite incestuous, though. So Paul's big brother, Johnny, uh-huh. and pals with Johnny Black. Right. And Paul's cousin... Because he, he comes from a clan, the way I do, right? So right. his cousin was best pals with my brother, who they were in the, the Kairos together. There you so go. We've always kind of been in each other's vicinity and company. So like I, the first time I met Paul, I think he was 11. Aww. So I know that we stay in touch and they, they live along the road. He's brilliant. He's a really good laugh, isn't he? I, I, I know. He's, he's, he has. He's really yeah. right. So is, so is his other brother, Mark. And he's also incredibly talented in music. I see. I, you wouldn't know it to look at him. <laughs> I think he would say that as well. But we, were, we were like wondering if it wasn't him like that. Just because they're both called Black, but I just thought you never well, know. It. Paul started telling people that I'm his cousin. Just that's as I'm, I, So I, I'm keeping it up. I mean, I tell folk I'm his sister and stuff, so <laughs> but there's actually no family, no genetic relation that we're aware of. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> that might change our friendship, but yeah. And I have to ask you about Partick Thistle because my boys <laughs> love Partick Thistle and Greg's took them since they were wee and stuff. And so do you get, yes, there we go. The scarf, you show me the John Lambie scarf there. there. Uh, the listeners are, oh yes and I've got the photos of my favourite goals a signed thistle top that Alan Ruff gave me oh no way well that sounds obsessing but it's not, it was really nice but um, Greg's parents both passed away in the same year a few years ago God bless him and his dad's ashes are in Partick Thistle behind the goal Honestly, it was it was so weird oh, because his, Greg and his brothers and his, his mum had sort of left a request for it and we went, and this sounds terrible, man, but it was one of the best afternoons I've ever had in my life. Yeah. See, we went there in the ground sky and it was like, uh, take your time, Greg, and all that. It was just brilliant. Aye. And then we get a tour by the lovely manager. Was it Jackie Law? Yes. Uh, took us round and all that art oh, was brilliant because yeah. you hear these things in the press about you right and then you go aye. is that true like is that oh I love so do you get to oh, see aye. them if you're up do you ever get do you get oh to- I have got a season ticket yes I have had one for years so my my mum's side they're all Celtic daft but mum wasn't bothered in the slightest my grandpa on the other hand he married my granny and he was a Protestant she was a Catholic oh, so wow. that it was all the scandal so he get fed up with all the bigotry and everything and couldn't be bothered with it so started going to Fur Hill instead and my dad's from Mary Hill so that just passed on to us dad and grandpa used to take me and my brother to the games when we were wee 
and it was brilliant. Like some of my best memories are in Far Hill, definitely. And then we kept going and going and going and got to a point where we could drink alcohol and then go to the football and it got even better. <laughs> and so yeah, no, Partick Thistle was huge in our lives. Oh. And do they do they look after you at Partick Thistle? I'd imagine if they all know that that they. I need to give us a toss. I yep. just occasionally a wee nod here and there, but that's the way it should be, you know, because yeah. nobody's there to see me. <laughs> you know. But how nice you can go there. and do that, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like Aye, definitely, definitely. It's um, special that place. It's definitely special. Yeah, no, it's really good, really good, and I think everybody else get a good sense of humour and stuff. So it's. I know, I love going to Fur Hill. It's my wee You want to see her face again? It's like you're talking about your family. Our whole face, you like to talk about your partner and, <laughs> and the guitars, but our face is absolutely beaming, lighting up. She, the biggest insult is when folks say to me, ah, she just said she's a Thistle supporter. Get them to Because she's a politician. I'm like, oh, how dare you? How dare you? They don't know the history. They don't know I, the history. Exactly. But, but now yes. you're like that. I think you'll find she's a bony fighter. You heard it here. I can tell because yes. you can see nobody would be putting on that passion about football. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially not about Thistle. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, they must love it. They're a disappointment more than anything. Oh, but I, I just, I just love that place. There's something about it, and I even love it when you drive down Mary Hill Road if you've not been, and I love watching, seeing everybody come out there and all that as well. Oh, just, I know it's good. It's oh, a because it turns into martial law. Could you imagine yourself being the first minister, Mary? I love oh, it. no chance. No chance, God. Have you no looking at what Nicola Sturgeon has to put up with? I've had my fill, thank you very much. Um, like I wouldn't be able to go to Fur Hill anymore. I wouldn't be able to <laughs> nip out to the pub without giving people advance notice and all the rest of it. It's, I, no, I don't think don't think that's for me. But in saying that, like I've said. I make my life up as I go, to be honest. You know, I just kind of deal with what's in front of me and take it one challenge at a time. I do think in politics, though, there's got to come a point where you're kind of losing perspective a bit. You know, it's almost like you can get too used to it. And one thing that I am, I do know about myself is I can't lie to myself and I can't hide how I'm feeling. So if I get to that point, everybody's going to know, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And I definitely don't want to be in Westminster any longer than I have to be. I know that would the thought of that for 40 years depresses the life out of me. And yeah. I can tell by talking to you, and I do feel like you're my best pal now, I'm not going to stop you for one. <laughs> <laughs> I need to say it to you now, I'm like, I can't wait to meet you in real life and like give you a big cuddle. And you're welcome into your house anytime, by the way, you and your partner. Um, but it's that kind of way where you just go, I see this thing in you like it's it's almost like you're just starting to me oh no, thank you but that's what it feels like it feels yeah. like you've got this i can't wait to see what you're going to do next see, it's funny as well because i'm now closer to 30 than i'm 20 because i'm 27 now and see now when when i see 20 year olds i'm like oh you baby oh, <laughs> what did i do to myself you know so like it's funny the older i'm getting and reassessing things like you were talking earlier on about the media storm and stuff. I still think I definitely handled that correctly, given the position that I was in. But there's also, I realise there's a point where, in hindsight, I think, oh, maybe I could have used that a bit better or I wouldn't necessarily have done that the way I did it. So 
it's funny how you know you can be going I, I think this is the right thing constantly but you, you get older and you know you, you kind of see it with new eyes yeah so look at me sounding like an old owl when I'm not even at my 20s but I yeah. enjoy the owl because it's like women that I know who are really strong and funny and stuff and they, they're saying that they're years younger than they are and all that and I'm like what's going on I mean to me that's took a wee bit of a shift because I'm 49 I'm going to be 50 next year so yeah. and I never understood that before but when you have to sit and listen a lot of the time married to people and it's on the telly by the way going yeah. she's really old and I'll turn it again and go that last is 37 how's she old Aye. do you know what I mean and unless totally. women start piping up and saying Actually, we need to be proud of our age and we need to be... But even hearing you saying that there, you're 27, right? You look about yeah. 14, by the way. But still... <laughs> yes. My partner always tells me I look like a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> a good-looking 14-year-old boy. But Call still... me Paul. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like, Paul, it's like... Um... <laughs> <laughs> There's something really good about being older. Like, please embrace that. Oh, I no, totally. I totally. wouldn't want to be twenty again. than now, when I think about it, like, I, honestly, I was having fun and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, yeah. you get all different responsibilities when you're older. But there's something gallus about being older, and you're. Cons- I love learning too much. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's what I like about everything. I discover more. I learn. I meet people that I didn't think existed. Um, but you know, it's brilliant. Please never um, change that, Mary. Please well, you know, never I, ever I, change that. I know. I think I've got that one right. I think. I don't think you will. And I just want to ask you one wee tiny last last thing because I'm mm-hmm. so conscious of your time and I want you to get back to yeah. having some time with your partner. So I read a thing and it nearly made me great. Um, when you were at school, this is going in the film, whether or not it's true or not. <laughs> So when you were we, you were asked at the careers officer um, what you wanted to be, and you said, oh, an astronaut or whatever, a farmer. Oh, you probably been misquoted. Yep. And then you said, I just want to help people. Please tell yes. me you said that. No, that's, that is it. It's, and, and again, it, like, oh, when you're politicians saying stuff like that, no, like, I see no. it myself. No. Oh, shut up. No. But it is the God's honest truth. It's just... Uh, I would constantly change my mind growing up. Astronaut, farmer, were completely on the list. Firefighter, everything. And then when I got to the point where I actually, you know, having a job was becoming a reality, I realised that what I actually enjoyed doing is as long as I can come away feeling like I've made somebody's life a bit easier, that's really fulfilling. And whatever shape and form that comes in, I'm happy to do it. And it's... From a politician point of view, it's great seeing how many other people clearly also live with that ethos. And, you know, you, you can see how much support and care there is out there genuinely, because it's it's easy to focus on the worst of humanity a lot. So, yeah, it's kind of good for me in the sense that I think in the future I do have options <laughs> and that I, I don't know what it will look like. But as long as I'm getting that feeling, you know, it's worthwhile doing this then oh. I'm happy. You know, it's that's kind of what keeps me going, I suppose. But that's that's what's going to keep all us going and all honest to God. It's like yeah. you've said so many amazing things today, right? In fact, but that's the thing for me that when I love her. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, and please, oh, please, please never lose that. And please get in touch with me when we can go for a pint. <laughs> Definitely. Aye. No, you're on. See, when I tell my wee cousin that I'm going for a pint with Miss Foolish, I'm so thankful that you came on for me. You're an absolute total and utter inspiration. 
I'm still pinching myself that I got to have a great chat with someone that I have admired for years. I cannot thank Mary enough for coming on for a chat with me. What a great insight into what it's like being a young woman in Britain's elite old established parliament and the inner workings of party politics. She's such an inspiring woman and one to keep an eye on in the future. Thanks to all of you for listening. You can find future episodes on ACAST, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. With thanks to Matt Ramsey for editing and mixing this episode. This podcast was produced by Solace Sounds. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.